welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life-giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. Hello, everybody. It's good to have you on another podcast. Man, this is Pastor Mickey Clark, and Man, I, I cannot wait to dive into today's podcast. We are trying to answer one of those crucial questions. We're in a series called The Essentials and focusing on things that we believe are essential. And I don't know about you, but speaking for me, coming into Labor Day weekend and everything that's going on, even our government sees us running so quick, so hard, that they made a national holiday trying to get people to simply stop. And I believe the rat race that is the American life can be all-consuming. And I believe God's already created something specifically for us. So I look forward to you joining us today on today's message, simply entitled, Sabbath Made for Man. Today, it's Labor Day weekend, and we think about Labor Day as a day of of rest, a weekend of rest. And today, I want to talk about that word called Sabbath. And I'm going to give you a lot of information. You're just going to need to buckle down. I'm going to give you a semester worth of notes from a seminary class, but you're not going to get any credit for it, okay? And, and I want to let you know exactly where all this comes from, why we do it, what's the purpose, because I believe it's essential. In fact, the way I wrote it in my notes, if there were two words to sum up the American life, I would use worry and hurry. Like most people, they just they just worrying and hurrying. I'm just ooh, I'm just going. In fact, when you talk about rest, when you talk about Sabbath, all of us, even adults, we're like a bunch of grown children that don't. They're fighting sleep. Like mm, I ain't gonna do it. I'm gonna miss something. I just know I'm not gonna sleep. And it's like, and as a parent, you're like, you got to go to bed. Like it's not an option. And I think sometimes when it comes to our earthly lives, we don't want to stop. And we don't want to have what Scripture talks about as a Sabbath. And we're like little children fighting sleep that don't realize why it's good for us. And I'm telling you, not only is it good for us, but the aspect of a Sabbath is not only good for us, but it's a major priority to affect what is eternity and your 75 years on this earth. Now, we're going to be in a lot of Scriptures today. And you can feel free to try to flip with me, but just know all of them will be on the screen, and I'm going to start very simply where Sabbath started. It's in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. It says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work and he had, that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. If you have a paper Bible, you'll want to underline those words. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. Now, the first thing we need to realize is the first Sabbath that God created when he rested on the seventh day, please know that God didn't rest because he was tired. Like it wasn't like God got done and went, Whoo, man, I got to have a break. Like God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's everywhere. He's like, he got done, but he stopped and he put a seventh day and he had what created the Sabbath and he made it holy. And if you notice in the scripture, it says, and he was resting from something. The first concept 
okay? The first concept of a Sabbath in God's word in the Old Testament was the aspect that because something was done, then there was a time to stop and relax and to rest from what had happened. That's the first concept. And that's what God said. Now, there's uh, some people out there, one gentleman by the name of MacArthur that has a lot of opinions about Sabbath and says basically it's not in the New Testament. You say, what's your opinion on that? He's wrong. That's my opinion. He's completely wrong. He has a lot of great things, and he even has a Bible. But it's one of those things, and I'm just this ordinary man. But he doesn't know what he's talking about. Because Sabbath is throughout all of Scripture. And it didn't just all of a sudden fall off the face of the earth and not show back up until Exodus. The reality is, is when God makes something holy, he doesn't keep repeating it. Why? Because he's already ordained it. So when he made the Sabbath holy, guess what? It remained holy. That's something for you to know. It's a part of you. Like, this is really cool for us. When he saves you, guess what? He continues to save you. When he makes you holy, guess what? He continues to make you holy. He doesn't have to wake up every day and say, well, you know, today I'm going to make them holy again. No, he's already done it. He has abilities that you don't have. Once he orchestrates and ordains something, it's always going to keep going. In the Greek life, it's called present active indicative verbs. It's something that takes place, it keeps going, and it never stops. That's what he's talking about here in the Old Testament, reading in Hebrew, when he says, I made this holy. He made it holy, it stayed holy, and it continued to be holy. In fact, it wasn't until the fall of man that they got booted out of the garden, and he said, now you're going to have to sweat by the brow. You're going to have to work. But even then, there was this concept of, of grace. But it really shows back up on the scene the second time. So if you're taking notes, the first Sabbath was resting from something. The second Sabbath shows up in Exodus. Now, it still is existing. Abraham and all of them would have observed Sabbath. In Leviticus, the priest had these different feasts that he was orchestrating, and a part of them was to observe a Sabbath. They had a place that they would go, the Holy of Holies, to observe Sabbath, and there were different feasts. But in Exodus, it shows up another time, and this is in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, And I'm going to show it to you in just a minute, but I want you to understand the reason behind it. And where you're going to see it at is on the fourth commandment. But I want you to know that a lot of times we never look to see why was there 10 commandments. And I want you to just for a minute, I want to give you a glimpse of why God orchestrated it. Remember, he took Moses and he gave him tablets. To me, it's a very funny story because he he, like Moses goes up there and talks to God and spend time with God and gets these stone tablets. And that's kind of a big deal, right? And then he comes off the mountain, he gets mad and he breaks the tablets. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad. Like, like Moses was human, just like me. And don't you know when he broke it, he was like, oh, daggummit, I probably shouldn't have done that. Probably should have handled that a different way. So he goes back up, you know, and he gets the tablets again. But in both situations, God shows them why he's given them the Ten Commandments. It's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. It's also repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 6. And listen to what he says. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. The Ten Commandments were written and given to God's people, not for instruction because we're idiots. They were given to us for instructions so that we would remember. We were supposed to remember something. If you look at the Ten Commandments, it were things that he was calling us to do, and that as we were doing it, we would remember that he was the Lord that called them out of slavery into freedom. 
And a part of that, let me read the fourth commandment that's in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. It's also in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servants or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that was in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And then listen, he gives the reason why in Exodus 31, 13. You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generation that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctified you. See, the first Sabbath was God demonstrating and making something holy because he was resting from something. The second time Sabbath shows up and when he gives this commandment, he's warning us to remember something. He's like, I want you to stop and I want you to rest because I want you to remember what you used to do. There literally is the concept that's here in Exodus where he's wanting the people to understand what they just got brought out of. I want you to remember that you were in captivity, that you were slaves, that you were working for the Egyptians. And I've delivered you out of that. And just so you don't run off into your life and just keep on working, because now you've gotten in the habit of working all the time. Like that's what slaves did. In Egypt, they were working all the time. And they've conditioned themselves to what? Work all the time, because there's always something you can do. One of the biggest lessons I learned from my mother, one time I was getting ready and she said, are you about done? And I said, no, I still got a couple more things then I'm gonna get done. She's like, what are you lacking? I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna get it all done. And she goes, that's called a job. She said, Mickey, if you got it all done, then you would be unemployed. And I was like, huh. I'm leaving right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, that's one of the things. We always, there's always something else to do. A Sabbath wasn't, how God was in the beginning. He completed and made the heavens and the earth and everything was done. So now he goes, man, this is good. Now I'm gonna rest and I'm gonna make this day holy to celebrate what I've created. The second Sabbath that's in the Old Testament that he's wanting them to observe is listen, there's always going to be something more for you to be doing. I want you to remember that the God that created you, that brought you out of Egypt, I want you to pause and remember what I've done and the freedom I've given you and allow you to go, okay, I've got to rest from this so that I can reflect on what God has done. It was an aspect of remembrance. In fact, here's the way I wrote it in my notes. The second Sabbath is resting to remember something. The first Sabbath mentioned in Genesis was resting from something. The second Sabbath was resting to remember something. Now I'm going to chase a rabbit because we live in Cleveland, Tennessee, which is real close to this little town called Collegedale. And there's a large group there. And the question is, so Mickey, was Sabbath, is it Saturday or Sunday? I'll give you a biblical answer. In the Old Testament, Saturday was, the, Saturday was the seventh day of the week. 
and the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week. They were resting from something. They were resting to remember something. So in the Old Testament, yes, Sabbath would have been on a Saturday. Created the heavens and the earth on six days, and on the seventh day he rested. Guess what? It would have been on the seventh day when he was wanting them to remember him and that he was Lord and what he had created and what he had delivered them from. It would have been on the seventh day. Hence, you have a group called the Seventh-day Adventists. Now, do I believe that that's the mark of the beast? That's nowhere in God's Word. Do I believe that people that worship God on Sundays are going to hell? Uh, Again, nowhere in God's Word. Do I believe the Old Testament Sabbath was on the seventh day and on Saturday? Absolutely. So you say, well, Mickey, then why are we gathering on Sunday? Well, let me answer that question for you. So we've talked about Sabbath in the beginning in Genesis. We've talked about Sabbath as far as the second time when he commands them to observe it. And we've talked about why. Now I want to talk about Sabbath in 2023. Because something took place in the Gospels that changed the aspect of Sabbath. But if you have your Bibles, join me in Matthew. And I'm going to read Mark first, but I'm going to end up in Matthew chapter 12. That's where this this game changer took place. But in Mark, these words are said. And here's what I want you to catch. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, Jesus was speaking to a group that was questioning. I'm going to get to what they're questioning in a minute. They're questioning him because he was walking through a field with his disciples, and he's grabbing heads of wheat and eating them. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't be eating on Sabbath. You can't be harvesting on Sabbath. You can't do any work on Sabbath. To do that, you are to die. Literally, in the Old Testament, people that were working on Sabbath, they brought a family and said, we found this person who was working on Sabbath. What shall we do with him? And God tells Moses, take him out and stone him. Like, it was a really big deal. But they were underneath the law. They were trying to work their way into a relationship with God. They were doing some things to remember him. In the New Testament, Jesus is walking through the fields with his disciples. He's gleaning the heads. They're eating it. And they ask him, they're like, you shouldn't be harvesting. And he responds with this amazing, amazing phrase. It's Mark chapter 2, verse 27. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And then he follows it up in verse 28. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. See, the concept that's going on here is all of a sudden the Pharisees and the scribes, they become so legalistic in what was the Sabbath and trying to make it to be a a man-made thing. Like they were trying to make it like, like you can't do this and you can't do that. You shouldn't do this. You can't, you got to honor the Sabbath. And God's word says honor the Sabbath. And they'd stopped remembering what the Sabbath was for. The Sabbath was for them to stop to remember something, not to lord it over people's heads and for it to become a burden. In fact, that's exactly what had taken place. Now the aspect of a Sabbath, setting aside a day, had become a burden. They would use it to burden people, to bog them down, to, to make them feel less, to make them. It was no longer like, woohoo, God is my Lord. It was more like, oh my gosh, I've got so much going on, but it's Sabbath and I, I can't do anything. And Jesus walking through the fields gleaning wheat and sticking it in his mouth and eating it was not harvesting. 
In fact, can I just read for you rather than me talking? Let me read for you chapter 12, verse one. Going through verse eight. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said, look at your disciples. Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath, which was what? Work. They were associating grabbing wheat and sticking it in your mouth as harvesting. That is not what was going on, but that's how burdensome it had been. Keep reading. He said to them, have you not read what David, this is Jesus, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? He draws back to an Old Testament uh, story. He says, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor of those who were with him, but only for the priest. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath, the priests of the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would have not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord over the ha- of the Sabbath. The concept that's going on is Jesus is trying to, to, to let them know that, okay, listen. Yes, the Ten Commandments are there and intact. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But me being Jesus, I'm Lord of everything. And what you bring as burden, I come to give grace and mercy. What you bring is holding people back. I come that they may have life and have life more abundantly. And what you're saying is, hey, they can't even pick a piece of grain because they're hungry and throw it in their mouth because we're gonna call that harvesting. I, I call that meeting a need. In fact, if you were to keep reading, an even stronger story is the next few verses, verses nine through 14. And he says, he went on from there and entered the synagogue. And a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? He being Jesus said to them, which one of you who, was a, who has a sheep, if it falls into the pit on Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Or how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out and it was restored healthy like the others. And then listen to verse 14. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him and how to destroy him. One of the things that started the conspiracy was Jesus did something that nobody else did. He demonstrated his lordship over the Sabbath. He didn't look at the Sabbath as being a limit to what he could do. He looked at the Sabbath as another opportunity to do something greater for the kingdom of God. And they couldn't get past it. You say, Mickey, what does this have to do with us? Because basically what you're telling us is that Jesus destroyed the Sabbath. Well, not so fast, my friends. Let me read one more scripture. If we go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. I will turn there very quickly. I told you there's a lot of scripture. I appreciate you being patient. And let me read this. Do not think, this is Jesus speaking, do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth passes away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. 
But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. See, the, I don't want you, this is a rabbit trail. I don't want you to think that what I'm saying today is that Jesus destroyed the Sabbath. Like Jesus, what I just read, said, I did not come to fulfill the law, but to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And what he's talking about is the aspect of, of the righteousness that was in the Pharisees and the scribes compared to the righteousness that he's called us to. You say, well, Mickey, what is it he's calling us to? Well, Pharisees and scribes, they worked outward in. In other words, their outward appearance would be better than their inner heart. If you remember, Jesus described them as washed white tombs. In other words, you look good on the outside, but on the inside you hold dead bones. And what he's talking about as far as exceeding their righteousness, he's talking about a new concept that comes through Christ where we go from the inside out. In other words, the change happens on the inside and then the, because of what's happened on the inside, it triculates to the outside and is demonstrated by the way we live our lives. Hence, you will know them by their fruits. Now, I know you're going, Mickey, th this is a lot of information. What's the point? Here's the point. In the beginning, God created the Sabbath because of something that he was resting from. Then he called his people to observe the Sabbath because of something that he wanted them to remember. But lastly, Jesus enters on the scene and he ordains the Sabbath, not because of something you're resting from, not because of something you're remembering, but catch this, but because of something that you have to do. It's something you're resting for. In fact, if, if I was to back up just one chapter, chapter 11, if you'll remember this amazing scripture that you've heard before, and it simply says this. It's chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If I was taking notes, I would write down, now you're resting in something. Beforehand, you're resting from something. Then you're resting to remember something. And now in the New Testament, guess what? Now you're resting in something. And here's what I want you to catch. I could have done this in the first five minutes and we could already be at lunch. But all I want you to catch is simply this. You have to realize that a part of what you do every week is you have to prioritize a time that you stop and not rest from something, but you rest for something. Like every Sunday, we're resting for something that God wants to do for us next week. Like I didn't show up today and going, oh my goodness, this last week was terrible. Man, I, I had to be up at work every single day, I had to put up with Pastor Chad and all of his bad jokes and all this other, no, no. It's one of those things that like I showed up today not because I needed to rest from last week. I showed up today because man, I'm fired up about this coming week. Like God said, I have life and have life more abundantly. And I know how good last week was. 
You know what I'm saying? Like there's been a lot of things that took place this last week. This next week, though, guess what? We're launching community groups. There's all kinds of opportunities to get plugged in. There's different things that you're going to have opportunity for this week at work. And listen, I don't need you to walk into work Tuesday going, oh, I love a long weekend, but oh my gosh, Tuesday's terrible. No, like the reason why there's a Labor Day is because somebody, which I don't know who he was, but I'm thankful for him. Somebody said, we need to pause on Labor Day and let everybody just take a break and get some rest. Guess what Labor Day was for? Labor Day was to rest from something. It's a mentality check. It's what I talked about last week. We got to get out of the mentality that we're resting from something and start to think about we're resting for something. God has something bigger for your life. And you're not going to get there fighting the rest like a little child. Like every time with my kids, I would say, listen, you're going to have to go to sleep. But I don't want to go to sleep. Disney World. If you ever want to go on a vacation where you leave more tired than you went, go to Disney World. But I remember at the end of every night, I'm literally hauling out the boys, and they were little, and Amy's sitting there, and we literally, I felt like this was Disney World. I was like, oh, we made it back. They were already asleep, and I put them down. And I felt like every night it was like, okay, now I'm going to go to, and then immediately I'm getting woke up, because you got magic hours, and you can be there at four o'clock in the morning, evidently. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't want to miss something. And at the end of the week, I'm sitting there going, oh, my goodness, we were just running and running and running and running. And literally, I never forget, on the last day, we had so much time and had done everything that we're looking at each other going, well, what are you going to do now? We've done everything. And it's that concept when it comes to life. Like, I want you to know, listen, this is essential. We need to, as a church, quit resting from our past and start resting for our future. We got to quit resting from this craziness that was and act like it's going to eventually change and it's not until you do something, okay? Just give you a little heads up there. And start going in and resting for what's to come. In fact, you say, well, Mickey, uh, I mean, what, what are you talking about? I mean, we, like the best way I can rest is on the lake. Okay. I'm not going to argue with that. I, next Sunday at 2 o'clock, if you'd like to join me and Mr. Timmy James, we're going to rest next Sunday at 2 o'clock. Where? At the golf course. We have a community group. And once a month, we go play golf with whoever wants to go. But it's one of those things that, like, why? Because it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Remember what I said before. God never said you couldn't love anything else. He said, just don't love anything else more than you love me. But you only tell you what my problem is? Now, this is personal. This is not God's word. This is opinion. So you don't have to receive this. But unfortunately, you're here, so you do have to listen to it. My problem is, is when we're more excited about the golf at 2 o'clock than we were the worship at 10 o'clock. My problem is when we're more fired up to drive up 75 to get to Needland Stadium that kicks off at 4 o'clock next Saturday to play Austin P. Why do I know that? I don't know. Somebody told me. Then we are to get to Sunday so that we can worship and get ready for what God has coming. Like, I want us to understand it's essential that we learn to observe the Sabbath. Now, let me go back to the question, right? Well, Mickey, you mentioned ago that Sabbath, the original was on the Old Testament. So how do I handle that now? 
Just give me a little nugget so I can talk to my friends. Well, I'll give you two nuggets. If you're taking notes, write down Acts chapter 20, verse 7, and 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. Because see, one thing that changed everything was that Jesus was crucified and buried, and three days later, he rose. And when he rose, he gave us freedom that we no longer have to rest to remember something. Now we can rest for something because Jesus' death and resurrection give us life, gives us life more abundantly. So in other words, we can now have something. And when he rose on Sunday, in those two scriptures I just gave you, both of them say, on the first day of the week, they gathered. In 2 Corinthians, it says, on the first day of the week, come prepared with your gifts so I don't have to ask. Paul, throughout his ministry, talks about worship on the first day of the week. Guess what? The first day of the week is Sunday. The seventh day of the week is Saturday. In the New Testament, God did not destroy the law but fulfilled it. And one of the things he fulfilled is we moved from worshiping to remember something to worshiping for something. And if you're gonna worship for something, guess what? You do it on the first day of the week because it's the beginning. If I rest on the seventh day of the week, then I'm worshiping what? To recover from something. But if I worship on the first day of the week, I'm worshiping why? Because of something I'm gonna go do. You say, well, Mickey, why are you talking about this? Well, next week you're gonna find out a little bit more. I'm gonna hit the pause button. Because next week, we got something different planned. And you say, oh, what does that mean? I ain't sewing up. I, I think one of the things that we have to learn, it's essential, right? It, we have to learn to rest for something. And literally, the definition, a day set aside to rest and worship. It's like a Jeopardy question, right? A day set aside for rest and worship. Uh, Alex, what is Sabbath? And the question is, so what are you going to worship? Well, I want to take a moment and thank you again for joining us for this podcast. I want to ask you a couple of things. Number one, I want to encourage you to change your mentality. Just like we've been talking about with this essential series, Jesus and what he did for Sabbath was change the mentality. We no longer rest from something, but we rest for something. And I encourage you to rest in Jesus so that you can go get all the things that God has called for your life. I also want to encourage you, if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share it. Share it on all social media networks. Help us get the word out. You can also go to crossroadscommunitychurch.com and click on the give link, and that'll allow us to continue to pour more things, just like what you listen to, out into various communities to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have any questions about Crossroads Community Church, you can go to the website, crossroadscommunitychurch.com. Have a blessed day, and as always, thanks for joining us.